Today at Minnesota's biggest school district, teachers are voting to approve their contract after contentious negotiations. And at Minnesota's second largest school district, St. Paul, teachers are casting their vote on whether they want to authorize a strike. Education Minnesota, which is made up of 472 unions statewide, says nearly 40 percent of the state's districts have yet to reach teacher contracts, which officials say this is the slowest pace of contract negotiations and settlements in 20 years. Teachers across the state have held rallies, but we wanted to hear from the other side of the negotiating table. So joining us right now is Kirk Shinawind, the executive director of the Minnesota School Board Association. Kirk, welcome back to the program. Good afternoon, and thanks for having me, Kathy. See, for folks not familiar with the process, because it is a little confusing possibly, what role do school boards play in contract negotiations? Right. There's there's nothing confusing about public school finances there, but I will, I will just say that, um, yeah, I mean, Minnesota is a collective bargaining state, and it does require um, the exclusive rep, uh, allows them to organize, and then they also have the school board on the... Um, who oversees the school district and manages the but manages and sets the budget um, are required every two years with their teachers union to collectively bargain a a package that relates to their salary and benefits. So that that is where we are today, um, looking at the next two years. So uh, the contract cycle that we have that we're currently in. Um, do you agree with Education Minnesota? Are things going around? Are things bumping along here? Are they going slowly, more slow than normal? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think what we are seeing, we are seeing things move a little bit slower than we have in the past. I don't think you can read anything more into that than um, the fact that um, they perhaps are taking a little bit more time. Um, I think there were a lot of legislative pieces that were passed last year that impact our bargaining. And as a result, I think there was some time needed to kind of fully understand what happened in the 23 legislative session. Um, and so I think one of the other pieces that we see is that, the, um, you know, we see a, little, a few more folks going into the mediation phase, which is just a, a step to say, we need somebody or third party to step in and help us, um, shed some light on where are our commonalities and where are some of the pieces that maybe can get pushed to the side. Um, but yeah, I think we are. But I would also say that um, I think I think that opportunity isn't alarming. I think it's just the fact that it's taken a little bit longer perhaps to get to, uh, get to yes or get to a solution. Scott Kroonquist, I know you know who he is of the mm -hmm. uh, Minnesota... Metro School Districts, Association of Metro School Districts, says that districts are likely to settle for less than their employees deserve, but it's going to be more than districts can afford. Why are so many districts struggling to make ends meet, especially after state lawmakers passed what was called an historic increase in education funding last year? Right, right. I think, I think, I think that's one of the challenges, as I talked about earlier, is like, you know, public school finance is, is, is and can be very complicated. And I think um, when you talk about it in very broad terms, um, I think that uh, you look at the session, the budget setting session last year, and it was um, uh, for our public schools was well done. But I would also say that within that, um, there are a, there were MSBA came into the session and asking for five and five on the gen ed formula. We really believe that the and for folks who don't understand 
for folks who don't understand the Gen Ed formula, this is this is state money per pupil, a set amount of state money per pupil. That's exactly right. And so, Go ahead. Um, what what we uh, we believe that our boards and and superintendents and administration are are with that money then are able to um, meet the needs of their their district, their community, their staff, the programs, local initiatives. Um, and as a result, we we get four and two, um, and then we got some money on the SPED cross subsidy that freed up some gen, some gen ed money. But there were a number of other categoricals that really dis- tell our districts where we need to spend it. And so we would rather hedge on the side of more flexibility in allowing our um, our school districts to use that money, whether it's through for um, paying their staff or programs or other needs that they have um, at the local level. So I think what we're, we're while they, they talked about the $2.2 billion, I think really what we're talking about is what is available to us. And with the categoricals, there may not be as much available for compensation and benefits as initially thought or initially described. Now, uh, many districts, the COVID money's running out, right, that, w- that r- was received from the federal government. Many districts are seeing declining enrollment. Um, how do those two factors factor into what's going on here? Right, right. And I think, I think one of the things that... Um, you're right. the The COVID money was was really a short term kind of a bridge loan for our school districts. We're going through a really really tough time while also providing an education for our kids on a daily basis, whether it was remotely or in person. Um, and one of the things that we know really is that um, our districts use those for short term solutions, right? And they you know, one-time money or short-term money should not be used for ongoing costs. And so with the, and and by and large, our districts have done that. Um, But we also know that um, that short-term money may not be there um, or will soon end for our school districts coming up in uh, 24 and 25. Um, I think the, the, the other part that, um, the other part that we talked about is declining enrollment. You point, mm-hmm. pointed that out. And I think that's one of the things that we see too. Um, and there isn't a superintendent in this state who doesn't have a whiteboard that has a projection of their pupils over the, you know, forecasting that. And because pupils are, the Minnesota formula is based on pupils. And so the more pupils um, that enter your school district doors, the more money that comes along with that. And so, um, by the same token, is if you have students who open enroll somewhere else, that money then goes with that that student. And so, what we have seen over since the the pandemic is we have seen a a some a slow comeback. And so, um, some pupils have either chosen to um, go to private school, homeschool, open enroll somewhere else. And so, our districts are really managing. Um, trying to manage or try to stay in front of the their enrollment issues because a swing of 50 to 100 students um, can mean a big budget, have a big budget impact or right. impact on the budget uh, for our school districts. I have about uh, less than a minute here, and so I need a brief answer. 
What would it take, do you think, to give teachers what they're asking for? Well, I think I think it's. Um, I, I will be clear. I mean, our school boards. I think there's a commonality among our school districts and and our our, our school board members and our staff and our all of our people about um, having our kids graduate from college, life ready, college ready, all of those pieces. So there's a commonality there, and I, but I do think that um, uh, our boards really look at. Uh, when they, they're going through this process, look at it in a longer term budget impact, um, more than just a two-year window. They're looking outward as well. So I think one of the things that we know that each local district's conditions are unique. And what we advise our school boards to do is you've got to be able to live within the settlement um, that you uh, offer. And so that that as a budget setting responsibility um, needs to be understood by the board. And so there's, right. there's great value in what our teachers do on a day-to-day -day basis and all of those folks who make our uh, school districts run. And so we're hopeful that um, both sides can certainly get to the point where they can agree on a, a package that, that both can agree with. All right. Wish you all well. Thank you, Kirk. All right. Thank you, Kathleen. Kirk China Wind is the executive director of the Minnesota School Board Association.